Good morning, Living Stones. How are we doing today? Or did you come ready to worship Jesus in this place? Come on, would you stand to your feet? If you're comfortable, feel free to come down to the altar. We're going to praise God like never before. Amen. The wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters for my release. Oh, Yahweh, sing it out. You're the God who fights for me, Lord, and every victory.
to him that he's in this place and that whatever you're going through today that he hears you and that he's already defeated it like that song Egypt says that he's the Lord of every victory so today we believe that we believe that he's with us that he's with us in the fire that he's with us through every storm but there's nothing too hard for him that nothing is impossible with God so father we thank you that you're here in this place God, we thank you that you're turning lives around. God, that you're turning hearts. Lord, we just worship you. God, we thank you for all that you've done. God, we thank you that you're never going to let us go. We thank you that we're never alone. God, that your presence is with us forever. So we rest in that today. In Jesus' name. Should I fall in the space between 
We count the joy no matter what happens. The Bible says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. As hard as that is, can we just try to do that this morning? Can we fix our eyes on Jesus and just sing that out? Because I know that's where you, without complaining we sing, I'll count the joy from every battle. Because I know that's where no matter what happens, we'll stay grateful. I'll count the joy from every battle. Because I know that's where you'll be. I'll count the joy I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy in every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy in every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy in every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll stay. I count the joy in every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. seconds of praise and adoration. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We count it all joy today. We thank you for breath in our lungs today. We thank you for waking up today. We count it all joy in this place. Amen. Would you find someone new next to you? Say hello. Welcome to church. It's good to see them. Come on. Come on. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Oh, my goodness. I could, I could stay right there, worship team, the whole time. Count the joy in every battle because I know that's where you'll be. Father God, we just thank you for today. Holy Spirit, we just stay right here in the spirit where you're at, in the middle of our battles, in the middle of our challenges. There you are, holding us up getting us through it, we're going to get to the other side. Somebody shout, we're going to get to the other side. Amen, amen. Come on, come on. Wow. Woo. I think you got to tell them who you are because so, I, I don't know who I am yet. I'm going to ask them good morning again, though. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's okay. Not everybody's awake yet. We're not awake yet. It's okay. It's all right. So We're getting there. While you're figuring out who yeah. you are, I'm Pastor Keith. 
Oh, that I means I'm Pastor Justin. That you're Pastor Justin. Yes! Oh, perfect. We got this figured out. That We've been working on that all week. This is the comedy. We will be here all week. Yeah, come on. See, Michelle's already laughing. I love it. <laughs> well, we're, we're excited that you're here. If it's your first time, we have a gift for you. Be sure to see the table on the way out. Get your gift. But um, we, we want to continue in our worship, right? We, we do. Let's do that. And there's a few different ways to give. But before we do that, um, you know, we always talk about why we give. Mm. And, you know, I think we've said this before, but mm. it continues to remain in my heart as I think about this. God doesn't need your money. That's right. The church doesn't need your money. That's right. But he does want your heart. Come on. And in Matthew 6, Jesus himself said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Mm. Come on. Come on. And uh, you guys heard me say things like this before. That's another one of those things that I think is a, that's a bumper sticker or a coffee mug verse. <laughs> yes. And we say that and we put it on the car. We put it on a plaque. Come but on. Do we, do we get it? Mm. So I'm going to challenge us all, including myself, to get that. Come because on. I looked at that word treasure a little bit closer. And in the Greek, the word that is used, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But it says our stored up wealth or riches. Mm. When we think about that, that's our, that's our bank accounts. That's our saving accounts. Wow. Now, I'm not going to advocate that you go empty your savings account and give it to the church. If you want to do that, you can. <laughs> that's what but what I'm asking you is... Is the money in your accounts, is it yours, Mm. or does it belong to Jesus? Mm. Come on, come on. Because where your heart is, or where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Wow, come on. And if you've given that bank account, Mm. the car, the house, all those worldly possessions that you store up, do they belong to you or do they belong to Jesus? Come on, amen. And if they belong to Jesus, and in any moment, if he says give, you are willing to give that, that that's where your heart is. And if you're holding on to it, Seek Jesus and seek him to let your heart be where his heart desires, where he desires your heart to be. Sorry yes, about that. Yes, amen. So just, just consider, is it yours or is it his? And I would challenge you, let it all be his. Mm, because he's on. only going to ask you to give what he needs or what he wants. And he's not going to ask you to give beyond what you can. Yes. So consider that. So we'll have the uh, ushers come forward. And God, we pray this morning, God, we pray that, God, that the treasures we store, the things that we store, God, whether it's our our cars, our houses, our bank accounts, Mm. anything else, Lord God, pray this morning, God, that you would challenge our hearts, Mm. that we would no longer hold on to it, but we would say it's yours. Come on. Because it does not belong to us. Everything you've given us, everything we have, even the very breath in our lungs is yours. So, God, I pray this morning, Lord God, that you challenge our hearts, that our treasure, we give it to you, and we'd say, God, what will you have us do with it? And then we would give cheerfully, <coughs> and we would give unafraid, knowing that your bank account is so much bigger than ours. And we simply give from what you give us, and anything you ask us to give, God, you will replace and mm. you will provide. So, God, we pray that, God, and I pray that in our giving, yes, we're Lord. joyful, and we're excited, because what that giving does is it builds your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. And like, like Pastor Keith said, that you can, you can give online. You can give through the Church Center app. Um, go to livingstones.tv or in the Bible app. There's a link in there, too, um, for today's event. Uh, you can give on there as well. Oh, wow. You know what I love? It's new people. Ah, new people yeah. are awesome. 
New people are incredible because we're just glad that you're here. We love you. We're glad that you're a part of church today. Um, so definitely go and get that gift on your way out. Um, right. You'll fill out a connection card so that we can get to know you. That's and then right. you can get to know us. And then we can have a relationship. It'll be awesome. And if you're new online, yeah. come next week. That's right. So we can love on you, give yeah. you a gift, and That's fill right. out that connection card. That's right. Come on. People are checking it out online. That's for right. sure. You know what? Um, where are my youth at? Do we have some youth in here today? Come on. Now, most of you know that we're not supposed to have youth this week, right? Well, Pastor Chelsea and I were praying in the back, and we just felt like, hey, we should have them over at our house. Since they don't have youth this week, we should have them over at our house. So we called an audible. Sorry, Pastor Jen. I know you're watching. We love you. Did not talk to you about this. We, we didn't even plan on it. It was Holy Spirit doing his thing. So, um, but we're, we're going to invite the youth over to Pastor Chelsea and I's house this week on Tuesday. Come hang out with us. We're going to do s'mores in the backyard. Have a good time. Get to know you guys a little bit. I know you don't know us. Don't be intimidated. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm not scary. It's okay. I don't yell at my kids like I yell at you on Sunday mornings. But... Um, <laughs> It's all good. So, so come hang out with us on Tuesday. We'd love to hang out with you, get to know you, maybe do some fun stuff for Pastor Jen as she's getting well. Um, just so everybody knows, her surgery went awesome. Everything went good. She's recovering well. She received flowers and candy and meals and all kinds of stuff from everybody. So thank you so much um, for being a part of all of that and making it happen. But youth, I hope to see you at our house on Tuesday night. It's going to be awesome. Super cool. Super cool. Um, we have, we have some ladies here, but I don't... I, do do we of, have some ladies here? We might have some. There's a few of them. There's That's okay. Yeah. yeah, it could be a little bit louder. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Maybe they should shout because sisterhood is this week. That's right. Okay, okay. You know, I'm excited because Chelsea, Chelsea gave me this little book to announce for, for sisterhood, and it fits for us because it's titled Uninvited. So... <laughs> The men so guys, are, not are not invited to the women's study, but um, it, it's a pretty cool thing, living loved when you feel less than, left out, and lonely. So the ladies are going to start going through this on the start of next month, so be watching the Church Center app. I'm sure it'll get all the information to you, how you can get a book and all of those kinds of things, but ladies, you're not going to want to miss that and be a part of it, because um, you are invited to uninvited, so it's so good, so that'll be super fun. You know what? What it? Yeah, I've got to tell everybody, what does that shirt mean? Sarah, do you know what this shirt means? She does. So this, and it, this is, uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to I'm gonna try to keep it together. Come on. Because this is something very near and dear to my heart. Come on. But this, and this heart here is the Estonian flag. And you guys yeah. have heard us talk a little bit about that. But yes. it's a place very near and dear to our heart. Um, and before we talk about specifically what that is, I'm going to ask everybody, and if you're willing to shout it out, but I'm going to ask you a question. In your mind, Count how many Bibles you have in your house. Oh, I don't even know. That's ridiculous. It's a tough question, like but I bet it's a lot. I bet most of us maybe have double digits, mm-hmm. 10, 12, 15 Bibles in our house. So if imagine... If you don't, that doesn't make you less spiritual. No, it doesn't make you less spiritual. It does not. It just means you have less things to press flowers and hold things up and... Stuff like, it's, I've it, got it, like a whole shelf of Bibles that I haven't looked at in like years. So as long as you're, reading you're not one more spiritual. Them. Yeah, as long as you're reading one. Yeah. Of them. But if you, as you think about the number of Bibles <laughs> in your house, now imagine a place where there are none. Mm, come on. Imagine today, and I did this recently. You go into a Walmart right now, mm. you go back to the book section, you can probably find 10 or 15 Bibles on a shelf, brand new Bibles. Come on. Now imagine in a place where you cannot find any Bibles right now. 
and I'm not talking, usually our minds go to something like the Amazon or the jungles of Africa where the word of God hasn't been translated. But imagine a first world country, imagine a place that's a, a Western modernized country and you cannot go into a store and buy a Bible. Wow. And you can go into a church and there are no Bibles to give. Wow. So as we um, have been partnering with Estonia and we've been connecting with the uh, Estonian Bible Society. Come um, on. And I, uh, Danny has a great slide for that one that is in Estonian, so you, know, you, you can't go. read it. But this is the Estonian Bible Society. So I have one here. And I'm almost, guys, ashamed that I have this. Because right now, this could be in the hands of an Estonian that doesn't wow, have one. Wow, come on. But I'm actually going to, I'm going to give this to you. And if you guys, sounds funny, I'm going to have you guys pass that around. Because there's something about feeling and touching it. But look at that and imagine mm. that we cannot put a Bible in the hand of a new Estonian believer. If someone were to get saved and meet Jesus today, That's if right. the pastor wanted to give him a Bible, he'd have to give them his own. Wow. Because they aren't there. They're not in print. Come on. So we are partnering with the Estonian Bible Society to raise money to print Bibles. Come on. And we actually have some specifics. So we can get an Estonian Bible printed for $15. That, that Bible right there. Come on. That's we awesome. We can get one printed for $15. That's awesome. We are partnering. And actually, I love this because this goes beyond just the Estonian Bibles. Mm. Justin's been talking to our denomination. Mm. I've been working with Converge, which is another denomination. And our goal overall is to raise $30,000 to print Estonian Bibles at $15 a piece. Come on. So what we're asking you guys is to seek God, to see if he would have you give Come on. so that we can print Bibles and put them in the hands of Estonians. Amen. And as I was having a conversation with Gunnar, who Sarah and AJ know, one of my best, best friends in Estonia, a pastor who's been laboring there for years, he said we need Bibles. Mm -hmm. They need Estonian Bibles and they need Ukrainian Bibles because they have... I don't know how many, 30, 40, 50, some odd thousand Ukrainian refugees mm. and no way to put the word of God in their hands. Come on. So we are asking for you guys to seek God as to how he would have you give. And I don't know if we have specifics on that, but $15 would put a Bible in Estonian's hand. Come on. $30 would two, put two Bibles. Yeah. And the reason I asked the question about how many Bibles are in your home, mm. imagine a community or a village. And, and Sarah knows one. There's one right near a NATO base there. Yeah. About a thousand people live there. It's not a single church, not a single Bible in that community. Mm. We probably have six, eight, ten in our home. Mm -hmm. If we gave one, that might be the only Bible in the whole community. Mm -hmm. And to me, it should, it's tragic and it's sad that in today's day and age, how could we let that happen? Wow. How can it be that there's no Bibles? But then it should excite us and motivate us because for a pretty small amount of money, yeah. we can do something about Change it. Change lives. Tangible. Amen. In this moment, we can do something about it. I don't know the, the right ways we're going to give on that. Or yeah. You know what? Um, we don't have it on the app yet. Some of you probably went on there and looked, but we'll get that in there soon. But if you give today in person, grab an envelope. If you gave online, grab an envelope and just say, hey, I gave this amount online, and then we can make sure and get that all allocated exactly to the Bible Project, the Estonia Bible Project. So I'm super pumped to do that and get those things going. If it's a check or whatever, just write it on your check and let right. us know, and we'll get all that right. stuff going. Right. Write Bibles for Estonia or something. Yep. And then I wanted to hit on this because we have something else excited that's directly connected to that is Come on. Um, Pastor Sarah, Pastor AJ, and Caden Twist and I are actually leaving for Estonia in three weeks. June 10th. Come on. It's been over two years. It's been over two years. The last time, yeah, some of us longer. AJ and I were actually in Estonia we're in February of 2020, and we left the country about eight days before they locked it down. We have not been able to go since. It's two and a half years. 
So oh, wow. we are going in, it's in about three weeks, I think. It's That's June right. 10th. So be praying over that because we get the opportunity to do some ministry in that's Estonia right. that's been a long time. Yep. There's such an opportunity, especially when we know what's going on in the world with Ukraine, because there's, Estonia is about 35% ethnic Russian. Mm. Now there are as many as 60,000 Ukrainian refugees. Wow. Imagine that dynamic. Wow. And even within the church, there's been some division because of what is happening in Ukraine. Mm. But we've been asked, and we will get to be a part of camps and stuff with kids, mm. where there will be Estonian kids, there will be Russian kids, there will be Ukrainian kids. Yep. And we get to show them something a little bit different than what they're hearing on the news and they're hearing through media. Yep. And put Bibles in their hands. That's right. But we're in it together, right? Just like this year. We're in it together. We're going to do this together. I'm excited about that, and it's going to be awesome. Pastor Keith and I were supposed to go a few months ago, a couple of times, a few months ago, a couple of times, and, uh, and because of the invasion of, of uh, Ukraine, um, we were advised not to, and so we didn't. But now they get to go, and then we're going to probably take a team next year or, or in, the, oh, in yeah. the fall and oh, yeah. stuff happen. So I'm excited about that, so be watching for that. But just as the Bible says to take the word into all the world, which is what we're doing in Estonia, it also means to take the word into our backyard. Amen? So we take it right here in this area too, which is why I'm wearing this shirt today, community. Somebody say community. 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 We are doing a community cleanup this coming Saturday. So this is not an event that we put on. This is an event that our community is putting on and that we have said, hey, we will go and be involved and we will be a part. So I'm excited about that because when I looked at the flyer, we're the only church that said that they would be involved. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So if I, I think we still have a box with we some do. of these shirts in there. Some of you have these shirts already. So come on Saturday. Bring your kids. Bring everybody. It's from 3 to 6 p.m. And uh, we're going to go and clean up French Valley. You can pick up junk and different things on the side of the road and, and just help. We can, if, you're, if you're not able to lift heavy things, just come and walk and pray with us and be a part of that. You never know what God could do in and through it all. So I'm excited. Even if the community just sees the church show up. Come on, somebody. So yeah. Shouldn't the church be the most influential part of the community? I sure heck hope so. Come on, because somebody. Because it's the church and the community. Mm -hmm. And imagine we're cleaning up the community, mm. but we even be praying now because God might place us or you in somebody's life to help clean some yes. things up spiritually. Yes. Because this is a community event that there's going to be believers and there's going to be non-believers. That's right. Some of them would never step foot in a school church or in a regular church. That's but right. they'll be there, and we'll be in contact with them. Come on. And that's where we can be what Jesus was, because Jesus never made an unbeliever come to him. Come he on. stepped into the world, and he went to where they were. Come on. That's part of what we get to do. Amen. Amen. So stay connected with us on social media, everybody watching online. Stay connected with us in those different ways, and volunteer. Be a part. Be a part of the team. There's nothing like doing it together. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. So volunteer, come and be a part. Let us know you want to be a part, and we will get you plugged in awesome sunday mornings for setup and teardown kids church we need volunteers and kids church. Yes. If, if you think you can't do yes. it oh my you gosh. need to do it i'm gonna be blunt if you Come think on. you're a guy and that's more for the ladies you're wrong dude because your kids need it's like men going to in kids church come on it's and, so fun and think if you're willing to serve once a month that's 12 times a year it's the one place where your wife can't tell you not to be childish that's right <laughs> Come on, somebody. Like, it, you are encouraged, encouraged to be a child it's and just have fun and be silly. So, anyways, we're, we're ready to get in the Word? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here, can I give this to you? 
Thank you, sir. Thank you. Awesome. All right. How's everybody doing? You still with me? Anybody take a nap during announcements? It's like commercial break. Everybody goes to the bathroom. No? Okay, good. We're still here. We got some people watching online. Got a bunch of got people on here, all kinds of people on here. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. Monica Harper, glad you're watching. Carolyn McKinney and Brittany Black, love you. Glad you're watching. Dorothy Faraganin, love you, girl. Thank you so much for giving towards the youth camp. Love that. Um, let's see who else we got on here. We got so many. Drew Urbasic out in Texas. Love you, man. Thank you for watching and being a part of the church, man. Such a cool thing. Let's see. I don't want to miss any names here. Oh, Carol Browning. Good to see you. An old friend. Love you so much. Crawford is double dipping. You little sneaky little guy, you. And Linda Rubio. Love you. Love you. Too awesome. Glad everybody's watching today. Glad we're on here. Where are my paper Bible people at? Do we have some paper Bibles here today? Oh, we got a nice purple one up there. That one's awesome. You know what, Sarah? Just stand up and show everyone your Bible. So she's so proud of this Bible. Yes, come on. It's so pretty. It's a pretty Bible. You know, if you, if you want some pointers on how to get a pretty Bible, come see Pastor Sarah. She will walk you through it. She'll probably help you pick one that's not quite as pretty as hers so that she can keep having the prettiest Bible in the church. But anyways, that's it. That's it. God's Word is beautiful. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, and that's where we're going to start at today, and uh, we're going to have a good time today. Somebody say we're going to have a good time. You know what? I had a good time this week building a fence. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody, who who likes like physical labor? We've got some people. I know there's some crazy people out there like physical labor. Go on, right? And, And so I've been putting together, I tore down my old rotten wood fence and I'm putting up a new vinyl pretty fence and, and, uh, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, a week and, a very good week. I'm, I'm very sore. You know, I can't, I can't remember half of the things I need to remember because I'm exhausted. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? So, in the process of building a fence, the first thing you got to do is tear down the old one. You got to tear down the old one. You got to get rid of the old one. And you know what? That one is actually the most fun. I like, my son was out there with a hammer just beating stuff to death. I mean, we had a great time, saws all just like, just like taking everything out. It was a, that part was fun. And then you have this in-between stage where you have to like break concrete that's underneath the ground. That part's not so fun, okay? You you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that, that, it's the, it's the transition period between the old fence and the new fence. Are you with me? Now, I don't have the new fence up yet. Maybe next week I'll, I'll post a picture up there so you can see it. But I have all the posts in place, and, and I'm, I'm almost done. I, was, I wanted to get it done before the weekend, and I was beating myself up. Any guys with me? Like You're like, oh, this project's only going to take me three days. Yeah, right? And you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, oh, it's going to be easy. No problem. It's going to be so simple. And then there I am, like, breaking concrete by itself for three days. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my back is hurting, everything. It was fun. So much fun. So much fun. But here's the thing. There's that transition period. Now, I felt like God was saying a lot of people are going through transition. If that's you, say, I'm going through transition. Going through transition. There's some stuff going on. So the title of today's message is Seas of Transition. 
seas of transition. If you're following along the Bible app, you click on the, on the more button on the bottom, click on events, look up Livingstone's Church. Um, you'll have all my notes in there. I do switch over to uh, New King James Version for one verse in here. So if you want to follow along in there, you can take notes in there and save that for later. There's small group questions in there too. Invite some friends over to your house or, or go over to a, a coffee shop and do some, do some talking about God's Word and dive a little deeper. It's a lot of fun stuff. All right, who's in Matthew chapter 8? Give me a shout. All right, all five of you. That's wonderful. Verse 23 says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. 24. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake and with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us! We're going to drown. Verse 26, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Verse 27, the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for speaking to us today. And God, I pray, Lord, that this message would touch lives today. That even in the middle of transition, even the hardest things in our lives sometimes, God, that you have a reason for it, you're going to use it, and you're going to bless us in and through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, as you read this one section of Scripture, now, I don't know about you, but I've heard this section of Scripture preached a lot. Now, and for me, when I look at it, you really have to look before and after this section of Scripture to get context. Somebody say context. Context. Now, why I titled this Seas of Transition is because I think sometimes we get into the middle of this Scripture and we think this Scripture is the point. But this Scripture is not the point. What, what, what were they doing before they got in the boat? They were praying over people, ministering to people. They were healing people. They were, they were casting out demons and doing all these things, right? Then you read this little section of Scripture, and then right after it, immediately as they get to the other side, there's these guys that are, are full of demons, and they start putting it out into the pigs. You remember that, that story? And they send the pigs into the ocean, right? They send it into the sea. And, and so I, as I was reading this, I just saw this section as a moment of transition. It's the seas of transition. Now, I'm going to guess that most of us are going to find ourselves somewhere in this little, these, these four verses here. Ah, Somebody say context. Come on, somebody. Here's the first point this morning. God knew about the storm before he called you to cross. God knew about the storm you were about to face before he asked you to cross over. You know, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, hey, get in the boat, we got to cross over. I know we're doing a good work here, but we got something we got to do on the other side. And as he told them to go, he knew there was going to be a, a storm as they hit and got in the middle of that sea. Now, as we think about this, you know, I don't know about you, but a lesson that I've had a really hard time learning is not freaking out in the middle of the storm, not freaking out in the middle of transition. Is anybody with me, right? You lose your job, welcome to a season of transition. You, you went from an old church to a new church, you moved from one city to the other, welcome to a season of transition. You, you're, at, you're in one relationship, you lose that relationship, and now you're going, now what? You're in a season of transition. Does anybody know those seasons? All of a sudden some feelings just got stirred up. 
Did you feel it, right? You, 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 you've gone through loss. You've gone through pain. You've gone through these things. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through these seas of transition, I start trying to cling to the things I know. Are you with me? The relationships that I know. I start reaching out to the people going like, I feel transition coming. Can you, can you hold me for a minute? Because I'm, I'm scared. Now, I probably don't say it in those words, but I'll say things. Will you pray for me? Can, can you be thinking about me throughout the day? Like those t- kinds of things. And I start clinging to those things that I know. But here's the thing. You can't hold on to what was in the past to take it to the future. You have to let go. What I love about this sea of transition all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but does anybody like their feet being on solid ground? Some, some, some people don't like to fly. Do I have some people that don't like to fly in here? Right? They're like, I don't like to fly. I like my feet to be on the ground. I'll drive all day long. I'll go all the way, all the way across the nation, but I don't want to get on a plane. Right? Some people don't like boats. Do I have some people that don't like boats? You're like, what? that's not natural. You're not supposed to be out there in the middle of the water. Right? It's so interesting to me that they had to leave a place of stability of what they knew. They were doing these miracles, doing all this good work. And then Jesus says, hey, we got to go through the sea of transition. All of a sudden, you lose that stability that you had. And it, it might have been really nice when they took off. You ever feel that? Like, like I feel like God's calling me to something, and you get excited about it, and you're, you're like, okay, this is going to be great, only to get like halfway and find out, holy crud, was, did I do the wrong thing? Why is this storm happening? Anybody with me? What is happening here? You, start, you call your pastor and you're like, hey, I, I thought I was doing what God told me to do, but here I am in the middle of the storm and maybe, maybe I misheard him. Anybody with me? I know. If you're human, then, then you could admit that. If you're not human, you know, welcome, but nobody wants to hear your testimony. Amen? <laughs> the unknown. The fear of the unknown. Clinging to what I know. Trusting and hoping that I heard God right. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many times have you been met with a season of transition? A sea of transition, where all of a sudden you're wondering if God even exists. Is, does he hear me? Because if he loved me, he wouldn't let me go through this. Are you with me? This is what the disciples are feeling in the boat. They're like, Jesus, you're just going to take a nap in the middle of us dying? Does anybody ever feel that with God? Oh, do I got some real people that are going to admit things, right? Right? We're going to go like, God, where are you? I thought this was the vision. I thought this is where we were going. I thought we were going to do this great thing. We we left a great thing. Why Why are we in this instead of already in a great thing? Come on. I hope this is relating to some people. Yeah, I, need you, I need you to be more vocal with me so I know that it's relating to you. Maybe it's just getting too deep, and then you're like, oh, gosh, that's totally where I'm at right now. God knows the plans that he has for you. He knows the plans that he has for you. God knew the storm would be on the sea before he sent you. And when you know that, It can change your perspective when you're in that sea of transition. All of a sudden, when things don't seem to go the way you want, you can trust God because you know that he knew. See, I love when Jesus starts talking to him. He says, hey, why don't you have faith? What are you worried about? Are you with me? How many of us are worry works just like me? 
We got some worry warts in there. You're like, but what if I heard God wrong? Like, I made this decision, and it's going to affect my family. It's going to affect my life. It's going to take me in a direction that I'm not sure I want to go. Ah, I'm just not sure. Like, the, the more leadership, the more people that you love, you're going like, oh, I hope I do the right thing. Are you with me? And everybody else is going, if, you, if this goes bad, it's on you, dude. You know, are you with me? It's like, oh, goodness. But there's this sea of transition. As I was praying this week and spending time with the Lord, I really felt like he was saying, hey, Justin, you got to let go of what you thought you knew. you got to let go of what you thought you knew because if you don't let go of what you thought you knew, I can't get you to where I want you to go. And I was going, all right, Lord. And i got to be honest with you, I was in anguish. I was in frustration this week thinking like, gosh, darn it, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. Anybody in a situation like that? And I'm like, Lord, and I'm just turmoil about it. My, my mother-in-law said, I couldn't, I couldn't see you that way. It, it was painful to watch you feeling that way. And as I was in pain, I'm going like, Lord, is this it? This is, what, this is what the plan was. But as I prayed and I spent time with God, I said, God, I need you. See, this is where a lot of us need to get. And the longer it takes, the more anguish you have to experience. Are you with me? But you sit in this place going, God, I need you, and I can't do this by myself. Is there anybody in here like that? I've got a few of you good, where you're just like, Lord, I need you, and I can't do this by myself. I'm out here. I'm vulnerable. You ever feel that? I'm vulnerable. I'm out in the middle of the sea, and it just seems like you're sleeping, and you don't care. You don't care how I feel. Are you with me? Is this too real for people? Do I need to? I, I can, we can talk about, like, fluffy rainbows and all kinds of other things. Okay, all right, I just want to make sure. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, don't, I've heard pastors say, don't preach what you're going through. Well, if this is the word God gives me, then that's what I'm going to preach, amen? Because here's the thing, a lot of us are going through a storm, but, but this is called flip the script. This is called flip the script. That means, wait a minute, this thing that seems like so much turmoil might have a different meaning. There might be something different going on here. Maybe we can see something a little bit differently. Can we do that today? This storm is not going to destroy you. It's only part of your transition. You know what? This storm isn't even the point. Sometimes we think the storm, oh, there's got to be a meaning to this storm. Hey, I'm going through a storm. I'm going through something, so something great's going to happen. You know what? It might just be a season of transition. You're going from good to great. Are you with me? And sometimes there's storms along the way. Like Jesus is sitting in this place, and he's going, what are you worried about? You think I would ask you to go out in the middle of the water if I wasn't going to take care of you? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I know you're going through stuff. I know there's a lot of people, as I look around the room, I I know there's stories of what you're going through right now. I didn't think about that while I was writing this, but I look at you now and go, hmm, this word was for you. Come on, somebody. The storm will not destroy you. It's just a part of your transition. Verse 24, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, the waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. You know, maybe we could take a cue from Jesus. When you're ministering, I've, I've told you guys this and I've, I've shared with you. I know a lot, a lot of pastors don't do that and because they're afraid of what people will think or whatever, but I feel like it's important that you know that I'm a real person. But on Mondays, my brain is done. Like, it's, fry, it's a fried egg. Like, it's absolutely worthless. Don't ask me something important unless you want, like, a goofy answer. If you, want, if you just want to feel good about yourself, call me on Monday. Right? 
because you'll be like, what the heck was he talking about? I don't know either. Are you with me? When you're ministering and you're doing all this work, it takes a lot out of you. Now think about the disciples and Jesus as they're on this side of the, of the sea. And they're doing all this work, casting out demons and praying for people and seeing them get healed. And the Holy Spirit's moving and doing all kinds of good work in this place. They're exhausted as they get in the boat, only to be met with a storm. How many of us, it seems like we go from one difficult thing to the next? Isn't there going to be like a season in between where we like enjoy stuff? Are you like anybody with me? Right? You're like, you're like one thing into the next? I mean, this last two years is a great example. It's like, okay, we went from one tragedy to the next tragedy. It's like, hey, what's on the menu today? Are you with me? And you're going, what's going to happen now? And you're going through all these different things. Well, I think we should take a cue from Jesus. But Jesus was sleeping. You see, Jesus knew the work he was going to have to do when he got to the other side of the sea. He knew. He's like, hey, guys, you should probably rest because we've got work to do. You know, a lot of us, when we're in that season of transition, how many times are we struggling so bad in the season of transition that we're going, i got to stay afloat. i got to make this work. There's something i got to do to do this. Maybe God's trying to teach me something. Maybe God's just trying to tell you to rest. The sea is going to do what the sea is going to do. But if you can just sit there with Jesus, if Je- take a cue from Jesus, go, hey, I can rest in the middle of this storm. I don't, I'm going to come out on the other side. I don't have to worry. Is anybody with me? Because I need to rest because the work ahead is going to be important. How many times have we gone through that season of transition and we're too exhausted to do the work that's on the other side? Come on. I can't tell you how hard it is sometimes for me to give vision for what God wants to do next because I can see people are still exhausted from what we just did. Are you with me? It's almost like, oh my gosh, we hit this mountaintop and then all of a sudden... That's, that's a spiritual fart right there. That's what happens is you, you're just completely out of gas, right? We just hit this high and, oh, done, done. I mean, done, right? This, this is what kids' church is like, just, just, just done. Are you with me? I, did, I was, I was. When we were at the the marriage retreat, come on, somebody. When we were at the marriage retreat, we were as we were tearing down stuff. I started like uh, making sounds like a trumpet, and uh, somebody was like, "Oh my gosh, Pastor! I totally thought you farted when you walked by me." I'm like, "No, man." Like I said, but I do like going into elevators and just making that sound. You know, you walk into the elevator, you're like, "Okay," and you walk in and you turn around. You know, like shake it out. Come on, somebody. Your pastor is so spiritual. So spiritual. That's it, man. Come on. Come on. God broke the mold when he made me, that's for sure. Lord Jesus, what were you thinking? Here's point number two. I will decide to rest in the sea of transition. You know, when I was writing that point, at first I just said, I will rest in the sea of transition. But then I said, you know what? We need to put that word decide in there. Because it's not easy to rest when there's a storm going on. It's not easy to rest. There's a lot to worry about. Are you with me? There's a lot of things i got to figure out. But I will decide to rest in this sea of transition. Because God's got to work for me. Oh my goodness. When, when other people criticize you, 
How can you not be worried about the current situation and what things are going on and, and where, where you're at financially and what you're doing and how, how, why are you not worried about it? Oh, because that's what Jesus did in the sea, in the sea of transition. He, he rested. And so I'm learning from Him. Do you know a better example? Neither do I. So if Jesus can rest in that sea of transition, knowing there's work ahead, hey, you know what? I can rest in this going, Lord, just speak to me. I want to be with you. I want to stay with you. I want to stay right here with you because I want to see the fullness of what you want to do in and through me. If you're going to rest, so will I. When it's time to work, so will I. Come on, somebody say, so will I. So will I. Woo. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 When verses come to my head, they still come in the New King James Version. I like reading the New Living Translation because it makes things simple to understand. But sometimes I like going back to the New King James because it, it's, it's what sticks for me. Does anybody do that too? You, what, what's your favorite version? You, sh- you shout it out for me. New King James? We got a lot of New King James people? Is that for real? Would you rather I just preach from that all the time? We got a couple people who said yeah to that. Anybody like the New Living Translation? Okay, all right. You, you guys got to speak up. I almost like went off on a whole different thing there. Like we were about to like be like, mm-hmm, yay, verily, we're going to do something. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. Man, that was a close one. Whew. Something could have happened there. 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 18 says, But we all, with, un- with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Somebody say glory to glory. From glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. What this verse is talking about, see, this is why we don't read the New King James Version most of the time, because then I've got to explain everything that it just said. But what it's saying right here is that as you walk with the Lord, you become more and more like Him. You get to experience more of His glory, more of His glory. Does anybody want more of God's glory? To experience more of God's glory means that you've got to go through more seas of transition from glory to glory. Hey, we just did a great work. We're going to go across the sea, and then we're going to do another great work. Some of us are still living in our minds in the great work of the past. Oh, I remember when I used to do this. I remember when I got to see God like that. Oh my gosh, do you remember that time when we went over to, over to this country or to this thing and, and God moved and you're still living in the past. But we're going from glory to glory. And there's a, there's a great, somebody said there's a greater glory. There's a greater glory of what, what you've experienced with God. He's done nothing with you yet compared to what's coming. See, we have to get through the sea of transition. See, the more that we, we start stirring things up and trying to worry about what's happening in the transition, the longer you're in transition. Because you start rowing the boat and you just stay in the sea and you're, you're rocking all over the place until you learn, hey God, I trust you in the transition. I trust you in this. I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take my seat right here next to you in the boat. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to spend some time with you and... If this is my sea of transition, Lord, renew my strength because I want to experience the latter glory, oh, the greater gro- glory. Amen? Is anybody with me today? Come on, somebody. <sighs> Matthew 8, 
verse 25, says the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Verse 26, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Freaking out about the storm only gets you through transition more exhausted. More exhausted. As I was sitting there breaking concrete, that's, that's just hard. I don't know if you've ever done that before. But breaking concrete's hard, and then when you figure out the person that did it before you is just as amateur as you are, and you're like, how much concrete is under here? Are you with me? Like it's only supposed to be like around the pole, not like this whole section. It's hard work. And you know what? You can freak out in the middle of it, or you can get through it. See, freaking out in the middle of it, it's going like, oh, there's got to be a different way. You know what? Maybe, maybe I just got to hit this thing with a sledgehammer a little harder. Because I started with a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got some gigglers, because you know better. And then I went and get the jackhammer. Are you with me? Ordered that jackhammer online, like, immediately after I broke, like, two chisels off of that, of that concrete. You know what else I found out was so interesting? And this is just a little side note. I went and bought 10 bags of concrete, and it was only 40 bucks. I was like, wow, this stuff's cheap. And I, I started thinking, like, God spoke to me right in that moment and said, you know what, sometimes the things that are hardest to dig out are, are the cheapest. They have very little value. It's amazing the things, the sin and the stuff that we allow in our life that have very little value that are really hard to get out of the soil. Are you with me? It's hard to break. It's hard to break old habits. It's hard to break that stuff in your mind and in your heart. But I got to tell you, getting through the sea of transition is very important. We got to get through that sea of transition. Amen? Come on, I was sharing that with the men's group. And if, if, uh, if you're a man, you need to be at men's group. Amen? If you're a woman, you need to be at women's group. Get filled up. Sharpen each other. God intends for us to trust him in the seas of transition. Somebody say, I will trust God in the sea of transition. I will trust God in the sea of transition. We got to trust him. We got to trust him. He knows what we're about to go through. See, we're worried about what we're in right now. He knows what you're about to go through. He's like, listen, dude, take a nap. Some of us feel guilty taking a nap. Do I have any people feel guilty taking a nap? Come on. There you go. Come on, Sam. We, we got some honest people too. We, we got all kinds of honest, honesty going on around here. Taking a nap, you're like, oh, my gosh, taking a nap, that's a waste of time. You know, I, I should be rowing this boat and trying to make this all happen. Come on. There are times to rest. Now, I'm not saying be lazy. My generation is accused of being lazy all the time. I finally had to include myself in that because the world decided I had to be a part of that generation. I don't know how that happened. But somehow, somehow, I became a part of that generation. But we can flip the script. Somebody say flip the script. Flip the script from what's supposed to be exhausting. Storms are supposed to kick our butt. But now all of a sudden a storm can become a place of rest. Oh, no, no, I got work to do for the Lord. This storm is my time to rest. Wait, everything's going haywire. Everything's going wrong. I, I, I couldn't even predict how this storm, how bad it was going to get. Wait a minute, though. I am a child of God, and Jesus is here with me. And just like, just like uh, I almost 
You're going to like this one, Brad. I almost said, Pastor Brad. Come on, somebody. That's about, something's about to go down. But just as, just as Brad was talking, Brad and Danny, come on. You're going to make this stuff happen. Um, just as he was talking and, and singing that song, like the power that rose him from the grave is now the power in me. That's the power in me. So that means that Jesus is with you in this storm of transition. He's with you in it. You're not alone. You're not alone. You were never alone. Can I be honest with you? I would not blame anybody for wanting to quit in these seasons of transition. I've watched so many people, and and as I sit there with them, and I hear what they're going through, I go, listen, I would love to tell you that everything's going to be good and everything's going to be okay, because that's true. But I also know that you would punch me in the face if I said that right now. Are you with me? Because I would punch me in the face if somebody said that. I don't want to hear everything's going to be okay. I want you to tell me that that sucks. Are you with me? Like, oh my gosh, you're going through that. But then I know what God says. I know what Jesus would say to me in that moment. He'd say, why do you have so little faith? You don't trust me? You don't think I care about you? You made me the Lord of your life. So I'm guiding you through this sea of transition. Embrace the sea of transition. You know, in, if, you, if you read uh, different versions that talks about Jesus sleeping, one of the versions says he's with his head on a pillow. I just, just see Jesus all cuddled up on his pillow. We need to rest, guys, because there's going to be a lot of work to do. Mm. And the guys are freaking out. Do you not care, Jesus? We're going to die. And he's sitting there going, do you think I'd call you out here if you were going to die? No. You're not going to die. You need to shut up and be quiet and sit down and go to sleep. Rest in your sea of transition. Amen? Am I not shouting enough today? I need to shout more today. I feel it. I feel it. Let's get into some shouting here. Something, something needs to happen. Here's point number three. I mean, you can't talk about Jesus and, and, and rest and peace and shout. Are you with me? Like, it's, it just feels weird, okay? But here's point number three. I will, find, I will find peace knowing Jesus is in my boat. I will find peace knowing Jesus is in my boat. We're flipping the script on transition. Transition is not supposed to be something that breaks you down. Transition is a time to trust God. Transition is a time where we sit with the Lord and we find peace. You know, as I was quarreling, right? This is all week long while I'm breaking concrete and doing all that stuff, and I'm quarreling about the season that I'm in right now, going, God, I, I just believed for more, and I knew you were going to do more, and this is not what I expected. And as I'm getting beat up, as I'm out there in the, in the waters, it was, it was that moment where I finally said, God, it's all you. Like, your church is you. These people are yours. I love them, but you love them more. And I felt like God gave me a vision in that moment where I saw this stalk of wheat. And it was like this stalk of wheat was coming out of the ground and all these seeds. And, and to me, it felt like exciting because it's almost like we, we got to build this stock of wheat together. All of us, all of these seeds together. Here we are. We're doing this thing. Look how tall we grew. Look how much we've done. And then a new season comes where the seeds get scattered. 
the wind blows and the seeds get scattered. And I felt like, oh no, the thing we built is about to die. And I don't like this feeling. And God was saying, no, what you built is about to multiply. Because those seeds are going to go in the ground. And more seeds are going to come up. And we're going to see God do more things. Amen? So that gets me even more excited. All of a sudden I find peace in the middle of my storm. Amen? Is anybody with me today? If I'm preaching to myself, I will preach to myself, you guys. I'm telling you. Let's go to Romans. I'm going to read this mean. Are you ready? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Romans 8.35. Can anything ever, somebody say ever, ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble and calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? I'll skip over 36. Go to 37. No. Somebody say no. 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 Mm -mm. Despite all these things, overwhelming. Somebody say overwhelming. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Oh, you did not hear me. You did not. This is God's word. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Come on, somebody. Verse 38. And am, I, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Verse 39. No power, no power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord nothing 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 that means the storm is nothing that storm of transition is nothing has no power over you has no power over you because of who lives inside of you who dwells with you who called you out onto the water. It, because of him, he knows what you've been through. He knows what you're about in, to be in. And he knows where you're going. And when he knows, he guides. When he guides, he supplies. And he loves you. And nothing, nothing can overcome that. Nothing. You're not going to sink. You need to rest. Nothing's going to overcome that. He loves you so much. This thing's already done. It's already finished. The book's already written. He knows. Now it's time that we start living in it. I think there's just too many of us that are, are, are living in the old script. That old script that says, hey, I've been through storms before, and they kicked my butt, and I'm too tired from all the work that I've done to be able to go through another storm. I know there's people that feel that because I feel that. I'm tired. I told the team this morning as, I, as we got in here and we got to pray over setting up and getting ready for church. 
I told the team, I said, who's, who's tired? And I had a bunch of people raise their hand. I said, I'm tired too. And Chelsea, being who, the awesome Chelsea that she is, she says, hey, listen, I learned something. She said, if you change a couple letters in tired, it changes it to tried. I'm tried. I'm tried and true. I've been, I've been beaten into a place where I'm stronger. I'm able to withstand the pressure. Are you with me? You know, there's something about being tired that gets turned into being tried. All of a sudden, the, the, the blacksmith, as he beats the, beats the infirmities out of, that, out of that metal so he can create the best weapon, the best sword, the best tool. I guarantee if, if my jackhammer hadn't been tried, it would have broke under the pressure of that concrete. I'm so grateful for being tried and not just tired. Are you with me? God has tried me. He's put me through more things. Hey, listen, when we submit to his will, when we submit to what he wants to do in and through us, guess what will happen next? More trying, more pressure. He's like, hey, if you're willing to do this, then I gotta beat some stuff out of you so that I can make you strong enough to get through what you're about to go through. Otherwise, you'll break under the pressure. And if you're not ready, then just stay in the storm for a while until you're ready. I think there's a lot of us that have decided to stay in the storm because we know that, we, we at least know what to expect there. Anybody with me? Oh, you know what? I just not, I don't want to go on. You know, I just got, I got a, Chelsea and I were with a bunch of pastors yesterday. And to see the people as, as we all went and prayed for each other and talked to each other, to see how many of them were so defeated from this last couple of years. So defeated. And I shared with them my defeat, but my defeat was one of those things where I'm like, hey, listen, I already know God's going to make me through. Pray that God will give me the endurance to be tried. Come on. I think some of us are just praying that he'll take the pressure away. But that's not what we should be praying for. We should be praying, Lord, you know better. You know where I was. You know the good things I've done. You know the good plans that you have for me, Jeremiah 29, 11. And so, I, Lord, help me to rest in the middle of this storm and to trust you for what's next. Anybody relate to this today? Yeah, we've got a few people. When we face challenges of life and transition, let's remember that God's not surprised about the storm you're facing. That we must decide, somebody say decide. We must decide to rest in God's plan through the seas of transition. That we can find peace in knowing that Jesus is with us from glory to glory. And in and through every storm. I don't know how anybody goes through life without Jesus. Life is hard. There's a lot of exciting things about life. I love meeting people with their new babies. That's exciting. That's fun. Got a little Sunday over there. I, I love new babies. I love, I love when, when people are getting ready to get married and they look at each other like, we'll never argue. This is going to be so amazing. So, oh, it's going to be so good. 
I love being in those moments with people when they get a new dog or a new house. Those, those top moments. But mountaintops are the smaller moments of the rest of the mountain. It's just for a moment. How do we enjoy the rest of the journey? How do we enjoy when we figure out that we are going to fight in our marriage? That when two become one, it's not this pretty little seam that comes together. It's like, it's like two jagged pieces of metal being Anybody with me? Don't look at your spouse right now. Just look forward. It's not all going to be easy. But learning to rest in God's goodness when you're going up the mountain and when you're like, hey, I kind of liked being up there as you're going back down into the valley. (sighs) I love mountaintops. If it were up to me, I'd build a bridge from one mountaintop to the next one so we could just skip each valley. Are you with me? But that's not how God tries and makes us stronger. Because at some point, you'll get to a mountain where a bridge hasn't been built. And you'll have to go back down into the valley. And will you be ready? That's the question. These seas of transition for each one of us are a preparation for what's on the other side. Oh, you're going to do an even greater things. How could I do greater things? My best was back here when my marriage was good. My best is back here when I used to be healthy. My best is back here before I gave in to all that sin. My best was back there when I, when I was helping and being a part and doing all these things and I had all the energy to do it. Now I've got nothing. How is it going to be better? We're going to learn to rest. We're going to rest in the storms instead of fighting them. And let God do the rest. Hey, Lord, you know that this boat could sink. And if it sinks, then I'll be with you in heaven. But if it doesn't sink, I'm going to rest because I know you've got more work for me to do on the other side. Is anybody feeling this today? It's good. I I really hope so. Because this season is going to be tough. And I hope you're tough enough to get through it. I'm really trying to help you today. I really am. Because I know it helps me. It helps me to see the fullness of what God wants to do. You know what's crazy is no matter how good things get, it's still hard. Did you know that? You know, I sit with, with some pastors that They look at what we have and they go, wow, I wish we were that far along. And then I look at them and go, dude, the struggles and the things that I've had to go through, like you're not even willing to go through the little struggle you're in right now. Until you're willing to go through that, you'll never see these things. Are you with me? And not that I have it all together, because when I look at other people who are further along than me, and I know they're looking at me going, a cute little problem you got there are you with me not to be insulting I know they're not insulting me when you're in the problem it is the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life but somebody who's already been through it and on the next mountaintop they're going you'll get through that if you just keep moving 
you know what, here, I'll come down and I'll take your hand and we'll, we'll get through it together. I'll show you the way. Are you with me? There's somebody in this room who's already been through what you're going through. And if they're not in this room, they're watching online, but there's somebody in the, in the family of God who's gone through what you're going through. The Bible says there is no temptation unto man that hasn't been experienced. None. One of the things I love about Fight Club is we figure out that we're not special. We're not special. Your addictions aren't any different than the guy next to you. Your weaknesses aren't any different than the guy next to you. All the strongest men in the world, when you get to meet them, you start to figure out they're just little boys on the inside scared that somebody will find out that they've been faking it the whole time come on when are we going to get real when how many generations have to go by until people finally get real how many oh we we shout about getting real and then we're not even being real with ourselves you got to be real with yourself before you can get real with other people come on right men what we talked about at Fight Club. You got to get real with yourself before you can get real with other people. You got to realize that I'm, I'm, I'm weak and I can't do this. And then you submit yourself to God and then he does things through you that you never thought possible. You with me? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this intimate group of people. I feel like, Lord, that you're you're saying that these, these are going to be the ones that hold things up. You picked this specific group of people to be here today so they could hear this word, heed this word, and walk through this season of transition. So, Father, we just give it all to you this morning. We give everything we have to you. We give our brokenness. We give our sinful nature. We give, we give our fear, our worry, our doubt, our cynicism. God, we give you our victories, our overcoming, our pride. We give you all these things, completely submit ourselves and say, God, I want to sit and rest with you through the sea of transition because I want to be ready for the work ahead. If that's you this morning with every head bowed and eye closed, you're like, hey, I relate to that and that's me. I just want you to raise your hand for a minute and say, hey, that's me. I'm, I'm going through that sea of transition and I, I want to be strong on the other side. I see a few people going, yep, that's me. I want that. I want that. I want that. Yep, I see you in the back. I want that. I want that. I'm right there with you, brothers and sisters. For those of you that are watching online, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if Jesus is not in your boat, your logic is in your boat and it's let you down, Everything that you've understood about this world is in your boat, but that's letting you down. If you're feeling like you're out in the middle of the water by yourself, just waiting for your boat to capsize, and you're like, I wish Jesus was in my boat. If that's you this morning, again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand for me, and I'm going to pray for you. Is that somebody here? If you're watching online, you can put a little thing in the chat. Just say, hey, that's me. That's me. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. Is there anybody in here? In person? 
if that's you this morning, I want you to pray just a simple prayer. You're saying, God, thank you for dying for me. I admit that I can't do this by myself. I need you in my boat. Will you come and be in my boat with me? And he says, yes. I love you, and there's nothing in this world that will hold me back from you. And then you say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for being in my life. I'm going to put my sin, all that stuff, I'm going to put all my junk on the table, and I'm going to let you make me brand new. Help me to be free of all these things. Help me to be more like you and go from glory to glory. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. I thank you and I give you my life today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Come on, somebody lift up a shout this morning. Lift up a shout. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. If, uh, if anybody gave online... Um, for the Estonia Bible Project. Uh, you can go and see Pastor Keith. Let him know that you gave online and we'll make sure that we get all that marked. Um, Pastor AJ is, is an absolute champion and he actually got everything hooked up in the app while we were doing church. So if you'd like to still give and you haven't done that yet, go into the, into the, uh, I'm sorry, into the Church Center app, our app. Um, go into the Church Center app and uh, go into giving and it should be in the drop down list for the Estonia Bible Project you can give straight to that but all that money will go straight to them Um, we won't see a dime of it it'll all go to them I promise you that okay Um, next week next week we have some baby dedications I'm super excited for some child dedications anybody excited for that so If you have been on the fence, if you're watching online, if you've been on the fence about dedicating your child to God, you're like, hey, wait a minute, they're like nine years old, but I never did that, and that's something I want to do, and I feel that tug on my heart. They don't have to be the cutest little baby that cries and poops while you're doing your thing. It can be nine years old, that's fine. Wherever you're at in your heart, you're like, hey, my family, I just gave my life to Jesus. I want my family to be loved by the Lord. I want them to know Jesus, and I want to commit to that publicly. If that's you, then let's do that together. Listen, when you dedicate your kids, that doesn't mean that they gave their life to Jesus. That just means that you're saying, hey, God, you know better for this child than I do. And I need you to help me to raise them. That's what that means. And so, God, I'm committing this child to you as long as I have them under my care. Does that make sense? Now, as kids give their own life to Jesus, as they know Jesus for themselves, and they're like, hey, I want to do this, then we'll get them baptized. Does that make sense? I've had kids, they get excited. Now listen, if you want to get baptized, sign up on the app. If you want to dedicate your kids, sign up on the app. We'll get all those things going for you. But when kids want to get baptized, just so you know, just this is how I do it. When I sit with them, I'll talk with them. I'll say, hey, why do you want to get baptized? Now I've gotten lots of fun answers. Are you with me? I've gotten lots of fun answers because I'll have parents, they say, hey, yeah, my my kid wants to get baptized. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'll ask them, hey, why do you want to get baptized? They say, well, because everyone cheers for them when they get out. You don't quite understand what this is for yet. Or it just looks like fun. I mean, everybody else gets to be in the pool on that day. I want to get wet. Not quite getting it yet. But when they start to understand, like, no, I want to make a public declaration that I'm giving my life to Jesus and my life is His now. Oh, now you get it. You understand what we're doing here. Does that make sense? 
So as you're praying with your kids and you're helping them understand their relationship with God, help them to get to that place where they're like, yes, I want my own relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? I don't know why I'm sharing that today, but somebody need to hear that. <sighs> Father God, you're just so good. You're so good. We're going to finish this service and worship a little bit. And, you know, I want to open up this altar. If, you, if you're going through a season or you're just like, I'm, I want to give it all to Jesus this morning, I want to invite you up to this altar while we're singing this next song and, and just pour your heart out to him. Listen, it's all between you and him. Your relationship with Jesus has very little to do with me. Your relationship with Jesus is between you and him. I just get to be an ambassador to tell you about his word. So in this next few moments, if you're like, dude, I don't know why I need to go up there, but I do. I need prayer for something. I need someone to agree with me on something. Whatever that is, I want to invite you during this next song, just come up to the front. We're going to turn the lights off and and you can come up here and just have your intimate moment with Jesus for the next few minutes and then we'll dismiss. I just feel like some breakthrough is going to happen at this altar because of your expectation. So, go for it, Brad. God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on up, you can come up as you are. Servant God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah. Come on. inviting you he says the 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 pillow is really nice 
blanket is warm. Come and rest with me in your storm. I'll get you to the other side. Don't worry about it. I'll get you to the other side. For those that are praying that prayer right now, God, I just thank you that you're bringing peace, that you're bringing rest. I just feel like you're saying there's going to be rest for the restless. Been living in this restless state where you just can't stay still, you can't find rest. God, I just thank you that you're bringing rest to the restless. Father, I thank you that this is tempering. This is trying. We're not tired anymore. We're just being tried. And so, God, I thank you, Lord, that we're becoming stronger in this process. Lord, we submit to your process. We'll take the hammering. We'll take the beating because we want to bend and not break. So, Father, I just thank you right now. I feel like there's some marriages that are on the verge of breaking in this place been through a lot you've done a lot you've seen a lot you knew exactly what I was talking about when I said you had that lovey-dovey feeling in the beginning thinking you never fight and then here you find yourself fighting constantly if that's you here this morning I just feel like God is he's, he's doing a work in your marriage he's doing a work in and through your marriage I just see the the scripture where it says that a three cord strand is not easily broken that when you, your spouse, and Jesus are in it together, you'll be the strongest you've ever been. Doesn't mean you won't argue. Doesn't mean you won't disagree. Doesn't mean things won't be challenging. You might have to dig out some of that cheap stuff, that concrete that's been in your life. It's going to be work. But at the end of it, you'll have a nice fence. Something beautiful that you built together. Father God, I just thank you right now that you're breaking down old, rotten things and building up brand new, beautiful things. From the ashes we see beauty. God, I pray for wonder to enter into people.